Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Zio of Sakura Rangers podcast. I'm not going to get used to this, you know. Anyway, I'm Cole. I'm the Green Ranger. I'm Robert. I'm the Red Ranger. I'm McKenna. I'm the White Ranger. And our Black Ranger is currently stuck in VR. Um, on this podcast, we focus on uh, ner- uh, conventions and cosplay, and of course, nerddom in general. So, what's going on this week? Jack crap. Really? Hey. I don't even know what we're talking about this week, to be totally honest. All right. Well, I'll get that's, us started. That's why I asked then. earlier. It, it was, yeah. Yeah, because I, I missed you guys. last week. All yeah. right. All right. Well, this week, going to do something a little bit different. Normally, we are talking about elements of conventions or video games or uh, the art of cosplay. We're going to get a little political this week, but not like political in the... Um, Washington, D.C. sense. We're going to get political in the politics of convention sense. Crunchyroll, okay. the lovely service that allows you to go and stream unlimited anime and simulcast many shows from Japan, has decided to put on their own convention. Oh, oh my God. This actually sounds like it could be a really cool thing. But there's a lot of concerns that people have over this, and we're going to be going over a few of them here and just getting our collective opinions on this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. You guys do not sound enthused at all by this. No, it's just uh, with this is what always happens when it comes with with brand new conventions, especially ones that are that spring up around an established market. I would have to say, because I'm like, did Rooster Teeth try something like this a few years ago? Yeah, RTX Con and PAX. I mean, well, PAX. Yeah, well, PAX essentially PAX was the same developed thing. into its own thing, but it. it PAX, and I would like PAX started RTX as an, to PAX. Yeah, no. Rather PAX, than Crunchyroll. Yeah, no. PAX. PAX started off as a giant LAN party and turned into a major press event when E3 fucked up a few years ago and decided, oh, we're not going to go and let anybody see it. We're only going to do this invitation only. And there's only going to be like 600 people to get to see anything. Mm. That's what led to PAX becoming a big thing because it was one of the well-known video game uh, conventions that had done some marketing stuff and it just exploded from there. They tried something, it was a big hit, and it's just gotten bigger every single year. And now there's four of them, which is awesome. But yeah, also kind of crazy. Then you have RTX from Rooster Teeth, which is just all about Rooster Teeth and everything they go and do from uh, the old Machinima stuff to, you know, now their own independently produced stuff because Machinima is barely a thing. Uh, Anymore, but, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that's <laughs> that's another one where somebody fucked up royally. Yeah. Um, another thing that's interesting, uh, I guess, is also around this way, is, is VidCon as well, actually, is going on this weekend. Um, yes, yes. And so, I've been to that con a couple times i haven't been there in about three years but it has exponentially exploded and there's now three of them around the world mm-hmm. one of them in australia and one i believe in europe that was in amsterdam this past year well and it's great that you go and bring that one up because this is in some respects a similar situation that's going on here because we're talking about what was essentially a brand and now what it has grown out into. Now, this is a little bit different because Crunchyroll is tied in with anime. Multi-million dollars. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just it. I mean, it's it, it started off as yeah, VidCon. Can... <laughs> yeah, VidCon started as a $10,000 project from with two brothers. Uh, 
Could we then liken it to BlizzCon yeah. as opposed to VidCon? Where uh, it's this that, brand that then created their own convention around that? I, that's one way of looking at it. I mean, PAX is kind of similar as well. But I, the one thing I will say about VidCon that I think stands a little bit more prominent here is that whereas VidCon... Uh, well, the link that I would go and make between VidCon and, say, Crunchyroll is that both of them are really based in a new media concept. And whereas VidCon was more, I don't know exactly uh, how to best describe it, but I would almost describe it more as a meeting place for the minds who develop content on places like YouTube. I mean, the name kind of goes and reflects that. Crunchyroll is purely about going and taking established properties and distributing it in a new way, which YouTube did a lot of, even though uh, places like Rooster Teeth were initially going and streaming and offering downloads off of their website as soon as YouTube started allowing embedded videos and whatnot, almost everybody switched over to that because it was such an easy distribution method and required a lot less bandwidth and server or uh, server requirements. Yeah. And VidCon YouTube really popped did up. all the work. Yeah, and... exactly. Yeah. And VidCon's just kind of the people that were going and making the independent content doing their own thing and getting a chance to meet, discuss. Now it's turned into a little bit more pageantry and whatnot. But it is kind of interesting. You're talking about a, or a website like YouTube and a website like Crunchyroll who really have made their money off of everybody else's stuff. Mm -hmm. And now they both have conventions that have been set up, essentially. I know that VidCon, at least in the past, has been run independent of YouTube. I know there's a lot more intermingling going on, but I, I do find it kind of interesting that we're starting to see this new media convention scene starting to pop up. But yeah. Crunchyroll also has a lot of concerns for people because it's also tied into something that's largely dominated by nonprofits, which would be the anime convention scene. Yeah. So to a lot me, of people concerned about it, that. It kind of feels to me like if Netflix or Hulu started a convention in their name. It's like, okay, aren't you getting enough money already? Why do you need a, a convention? Well, that part and, I don't have a problem with. I mean, I... I do fully go and respect anybody that can go and find a way to make money off of anything, whether it's going and licensing foreign properties that really have not been available to the U.S. market. I mean, yes, we have had mm -hmm. licensing deals, but most of them were tied to either Cartoon Network, um, Sci-Fi tried, and they never really got the anime thing going. You went and had Tech TV that tried it. It never really got things going. So it was always about where could they market it. And the DVD market for a while there was strong, but that was only really because there wasn't great access to uh, anything on the TV internet. Or TV or internet, yeah. Exactly. And then you had fan subs starting to pop up, and as internet speeds got better, you had bit torrents from those fan subgroups, which was awesome. And there's still a few of them out there that do stuff that, you know, just isn't on places like Crunchyroll, but Crunchyroll changed the game by going and offering high quality subs same day or next day uh, for all of these great shows. So that became a very interesting property by itself. Same way as what we were looking at with YouTube. Oh, hey, look who's out of the VR wonderland. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you guys message me? I lose all track of time in there. We know. Yeah. Yeah. They were wondering how long it would take you. 
We laid I bets. have no clock. I have Alpha no clock won. whatsoever. <laughs> Alpha won the bet. So pay up, everyone. So um, if you, you can, you're supposed to be able to see me in there because it should be connected to Discord. And it should you know. say, your friend is playing this. And thus, you go into Steam and you say, hey, guess what time it is? And I'll be like, oh, shit, okay. We were thinking about it, but, but eh. And then Cole did it no. after I already told him that, which becomes very redundant now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but in any case, well, welcome from your dive. Welcome back from the dive. Yeah, oh, shit, man. I got, I got super hot. I got uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. I got uh, I'll get also there's a weird update too to Steam VRs that's called Steam Home. So it's like you have your home and you can move around your home and you can put prop down and customize your home. Remember how PlayStation did that long, long time ago on the PS3? Well, they've got it on the VR now. Oh dear God, they're still experimenting with that idea. Yep. Why? It's, it's better in better in VR. Because before it was just like a small square and then you had your, you could do your backgrounds and stuff. Now you actually have like environments that you can like do stuff with. There's microtransactions, aren't there? No, no. Um, Not that I've seen. Because like everything, like that's how Steam is, is Steam has its all community and workshop. So all the props and everything are like done through that. So it's basically... There are Steam ones, because this is new. Uh, but then, over time, people will start making their own. Because before, there wasn't really anything like that. Everything that I ever downloaded was through Steam Workshop. So it's like, oh, I want my Vive handles to look like giant swords. So you go into some person who took a, took a map in 3D... Uh, what is it? It's like, I know how to do it. I can take an outline and I can color that outline how I want and then it'll take that via the picture and wrap it around your controllers. And so if you did that, even you could just make a PNG image with colors on it and then color your controllers and stuff like that. Uh, but then now they've got more stuff. So they got like trophies. They got quests and stuff. So it's like, go check out these people. Go check out this. And then you unlock things like cake. So I've got the cake now because I went and downloaded one of the new maps and it's the turret singing and when you go and do that then all of a sudden it's just like oh now you've unlocked the cake and now you have this cake trophy that you can just put around so yeah it's it's all the movement is like uh if you've done uh if you tried vr the uh the lab which is the steam lab uh the yeah valve lab is that what it is lab the lab It's like a free, the free game that came with um, the Vive that you download for free. It's got a bunch of little mini games in it, and it's all done exactly the same as that, uh, like movement wise. So, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I'm enjoying it. Mm. So, shall we get back on topic? What was the topic? What are you guys talking about? We're talking about the Crunchyroll convention. Uh, have you already started the podcast without me? Yep. Oh, well, you know, we were only waiting for 45 minutes. Okay, that's fair. Like I said, you should fucking talk to me. But no, no. no. We actually, to be totally honest, we rushed to start it as soon as you, when you message us, we're like, shit, quick, start. Oh. Yeah, because like literally, if I'm playing Vive in my living room, then I've got to turn off my PC, move it to my computer, plug everything back up, 
So by the time I messaged you, I had to tear down my rig and then move it into my computer room and then set it back up. So how long did that take? Because that's how long it takes me to do that. About eight minutes. (laughs) Ah, That's pretty good. That means I can tear down and set up my computer in no time. Who needs a laptop when you can do that in eight minutes? Tower. Portability. Anyway, Robert, continue. Man, I don't even remember where the hell I was. We were talking about new media and how it's. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, how about how about the fact that you can have new media as like a? It's like how the hell is it? There's old media, new media, and so you can go to school for new media now. But then when you say I'm in new media, people are just like, "Oh, you're just like a blogger or YouTuber." It's like, well. Yeah, but it's different. That's basically where media is going, is the internet. And it sounds so juvenile and young, but Mm -hmm. that's where it's going. So either accept the fact that it's new media is the thing and don't treat it like juvenile. Or I guess the fact that it is still young is why you treat it like juvenile. But you still have to give it respect and not be condescending to it, which is, I feel what new media is considered. Understand what I'm laying down here? Anyone? Anyone yeah, else? I understand. We, we, we get it. We get it. Okay. 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 Yeah, people are scared of change, and anything yeah. that's new is, is automatically dealt with with suspicion. Yeah. And then there's me. I'm a fan of destructive thinking. You're a fan of destructive thinking? Dude, seriously, anything that goes and helps change the world in a more positive direction, it's going to go and tear something down, and you know what? I enjoy that. I get my sick jaw. God damn it, you're right. I I said that completely wrong. This is what... I have worked... (laughs) This is is Friday Has it been a long week? This is Friday now. Yes, yes, Yes. it is. I have already had... 70 hours on the clock this week. Nice. Oh. And I'm like... Get that I money. Didn't know, I didn't know there were this many hours in Get a week. Get that money. <laughs> Get that money. Until you work a 20-hour day. Oh, I've done that. Get that money. Yeah. No, no. I have worked a 36-hour day. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's Get called Black money. Friday think... in retail. Get that money. Yeah. I've done... I think my longest was... 28 hours single shift i only got paid one one day worth of money for that yay i respect you i (laughs) respect you yeah and then 20 hour days were normal two 20 hour back-to-back days Mm -hmm. i did get a nap break but i was still on the clock so i'm still on call are you a nurse yeah no this is theater this is live concerts no idea Our load-in starts at 6 when the band shows up at 10 to load in their stuff. Then sound check, rehearsal, concert, load out of tour stuff, load out of our stuff. 2 a.m. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, back to what we yeah. were talking about for... for yes, back to for, our um, For Country Roll Con. Like I can understand where this is being a good thing. Oh yeah, like, catch me up. Catch me up on all that. Essentially, what what's going on is that Crunchyroll is going to be making their own con, and yeah. we kind of talked about how 
we're not sure how this is going because this is a multi-million dollar company coming from instead of like coming from like uh, RTX Con for like uh, roll really. Uh, country roll. Hold on, let me look. Do you have uh, actual actual worth? Get me some yeah. worths. Yeah, I'm getting you a worth. Yeah. Well, he looks that up. Yes, it's a anime con that'll be run by a for-profit company, where most anime conventions are run by nonprofits. Uh, worth of the web is be... worth about three hundred fifty-two million dollars. Three hundred and fifty-two million. What's its stock prices? Tell me its stock prices. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, <laughs> stock price. Yeah. Should have bought country and... a long time ago. Yeah. Well, I don't know what its Alexa rank is, means, but whatever. Uh, there's over 20 million users. Ooh, it might be a publicly traded. It is not publicly traded. Yeah. Why not? Uh, probably so they can maintain internal control and continue to expand at this rate. Uh, one of the problems with going publicly traded is you go from being, uh, you being, or you go from being held responsible by your customer base, whatever that may be, purchasers, subscribers, whatever that is, to now yep. being beholden to the stockholders. Yes, and at that yep. point, it changes the way that a company works. It's the reason why a company like Mila, with only around a four percent uh, worldwide share of the appliance industry, can go and have uh, the ability to go and produce products much less expensive and with much higher profit margins than a company like say Whirlpool because they're actually trying to go and incur more costs in the process on there so they can go and justify higher costs on another end. So mm -hmm. it works out better for the stockholders and it makes it look better overall. Yes. Oh. Yep. Yep. I'll agree with that because it's correct. I agree with correct. Yeah. So <laughs> man, geez, but like, yeah. I, I know Rob's main point is being that uh, a for-profit company running an anime convention with most anime conventions are non-profit. Well, um, I don't think well, it'll be that disruptive to the whole. Doesn't look like they list their stock price online, but in any case, though, that, um, that's because they don't. They're not publicly traded. That's all well, I know. Just had that there is no stock price. No, I know. I yeah. realize that. I'm just saying that there's no like hint of what it could be anywhere. So, so. no, because oh, estimate. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's all private. I'm all aware. But yeah, I'm just no, saying, it, yeah. it does look like between all of its assets that the company itself is worth approximately $352 million. Uh, that being said, though, it, the description... That's that just looking, the internet, yeah. Well, that, it, it's a little bit more than that just because uh, it doesn't go and list what its actual asset recruitment rate is because now they're selling products and whatnot. But this is really a cool thing because it kind of has come out of nowhere. The service has been around for a while, but... Now they're diversifying themselves into so many other things that it's really allowing them to go and become a whole different kind of entity. Yeah. You know, they went from the... Well, they, here's the it's thing. It's not a different but, entity because like, well, it's still like the Netflix of anime. Well, that, that's just it. But that's what they did from expand, the start. But they're expanding from there. Exactly. Because now they're going and offering uh, distribution services. They're going yeah. and doing their own version of the Loot Crate stuff. They're going yeah. and selling a lot of stuff that you would normally get at an anime convention, figurines and whatnot. I guess not yeah, previously so. available, you know, easily in one place online. You can go onto places like eBay, but there's never been a great like store other than like J list or J box to go and get that stuff. <laughs> and even that stuff, it's like, eh, you got to feel like there's a little more going on here. Oh, yeah. But the main reason I'm thinking about this. Are you 18 or under 18? The thing is, is that when I talk about this, is that I mean, it was like, like this is coming from, this is a, this is a 
brand that has like like I said, three hundred fifty million dollar like company going from like and if we go back to different conventions, like I'm pretty sure I I don't know what SoccerCon's original budget was, but I'm I'm assuming it was under fifty thousand dollars. Um yeah. Oh the first one was well below that, my friend. I'm no I'm I'm well aware, but I'm just Didn't saying it started in a library or something. No, it started in a small hotel at the airport hotel mm. uh in Seattle. The Hilton or something. I, I got a question. Well, the actual on. soccer. Con. No, we're let not me. Talking soccer, yes, we're yeah. talking about soccer. Con. But just going into other things as well, though. Like this is also coming from like other conventions. Like VidCon was started in a small hotel in, in LA by two brothers, um, and and a team of people. Um, RTX was just started by the Rooster Teeth guys. PAX started out like we mentioned earlier, um, before Tyler. No. But I'm just oh. I'm just talking conventions in general. Yeah, but that's um, what I want to bring up is this isn't like the first time a con is non or is for profit. Well, that's like, that's not what we're trying to say. We're though. not talking we're, about here. We're talking about to see what the way people are going to see this con and say, is this a good idea? Is this like because people Crunchyroll, love Crunchyroll, they're going to enjoy it. Oh they're, no, they're no, gonna, it's, yeah. It goes so far beyond that, though. It's more about the contrast because most anime conventions are run nonprofit. Uh, they're most of the time run by independent organizations. A lot of them are fundraisers, like in the case of SoccerCon. That's basically what it is if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of things. All right, so, so are you trying to point out the fact that it is an anime convention and not just another nerd convention? Exactly, and that's really where the distinction is because there uh... are there's a lot of discussion going on online. And though I personally, and I'm just going to get my opinion out here, I do not believe that this is a direct competition to any of that stuff, because I do believe that this is a whole different kind of thing. This, in my mind, actually, is just, it's a new Comic-Con concept. That's exactly what it sounds like to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, That's there's already yeah. things that are for-profit, like there is all the Comic-Con. There is, like, RTX was one of them. It's things for-profit. And the fact that it's an anime convention opposed to a comic book convention, I think, is going to be make no difference. Because... It's like trying to say, oh, an anime convention is different than a comic book convention. It is, but like, I could, you could go to it and it would be exactly the same, except one's going to have more anime stuff, one's going to have more comic book stuff. And even then, the lines blur so yeah. hard. It's just like, it's not a defined line. It's just like anime, and then all of a sudden you're in comic books and you're like, I don't know when it changed. But that's what it is. So it's really like hard for me to. Yeah, it's really hard for me to see anyone argue about this or have like complaints because people already love Country Roll. They they love watching anime on it. They're, they've got uh, they've exploded so much over this time. It's clear that people are subscribing to it and watching anime because it's so easy to do it. So the whole fact of them going okay, well. I guess we'll make an anime convention now because you love anime and people are going to be like, yay. And it's not going to start off small. It's going to start off big with a bang because it's already going to have that backing behind it. And it's probably going to be really, really supported because like, it sounds like the people who do country roll are passionate about things like anime. And thus they would also be passionate about a convention and they would put 110% in it. It wouldn't, I'm not scared by it. Like other things where they start small as a passion project by some people, but they never get off the ground. It sounds like Crunchyroll people know what they're doing so they can just go full bore into it and have 
a big convention right off the bat and it'll already be exciting. It won't be yeah. Tumblr convention. Dash con. Yeah. Oh, Dash con, you wonderful ball pit. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Well, so Tumblr was that, itself was... is a mismanaged bundle of code that barely works. So yeah, yeah. If you look at <laughs> the, I, I mean, know. just the company behind it. Yes, cr- the, this convention itself will be successful because Crunchyroll is successful and yeah. they know what they're doing. Uh, yeah, so my, I'm, I'm more excited for anything. It sounds like it'd be awesome. It sounds like they're gonna have a big convention. They're probably gonna pull in good stars and good voice actors because people are gonna go, "Hey, Crunchyroll's having a uh, convention." Do you want to come to be a voice actor? And people would be like, fuck, I love Crunchyroll. Of course I'm going to come to that. And it just already has a name brand on it, a name brand everyone knows who likes anime. So that all that publicity stuff you have to get out of the way is already done. It's just, it's like RTX, the way RTX started, where yeah. people, they already had a huge community, and then they just threw on RTX, and they planned it small, and that was already too small. Like, they had to make it way bigger. They could have started off way bigger than they did. So... I feel yeah. like it's going to work out perfectly. I have, they, I have no they complaints get to, about it. They get to start years ahead of other conventions. Which they almost have that brand. Which you kind of have to do nowadays. I don't think there are conventions that can start small. Because you go to those places that have small conventions and they either, they either make it and get big or else they get swallowed by another convention because it well, becomes too saturated. I know a couple small conventions here in Washington that have just started up in the last two years and no one would like they're, they're still baby conventions in the their one room gym event space type conventions and they're still growing and it'll still take them several years unless they get bought by someone else or what have you but that's essentially what you, happened you to our, our big our big con is that yeah our it, it, it got it got popular and then it got happens. bought out by Calgary so yeah, yeah you, you don't, don't know, know if it's going to happen yeah and so either might or might not and yeah no because our cons we don't have a whole lot of cons here it's very we have very, like two yes um so we have well we have lots of room three, to grow but uh no. Not even the, then. The the, uh, the other one failed. <laughs> before the other one started, so we never technically ever had three yeah. going yeah, at a time. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Um, so, and that one was, like, run by a person who's notoriously for being bad and not good at stuff. So, yeah. it's like it was already expected to fail. Um. <laughs> but, like, that's the thing yeah. here is, like, we don't have a f- influx of conventions like you do there. So... They well, have to start small. Don't we take this the wrong way. You're a remote location. We are a remote <laughs> location. I, I guess I guess so. I never think about that, but I guess we are. We are. Uh, there is a lot of space between us and another town, uh, which yeah, yeah. So fucking, we we got lots of flat. I showed you pictures. It's all flat, <laughs> flat. So yeah, um, but. There, I feel like you have to have a little bit of a pickup before you can start doing anything. Here, you can only start small. Like, uh, we, one convention started, actually started fairly big. It's still small compared to all the other ones, but yeah, eventually, like after the first year, it got bought out by uh, Calgary. Calgary Expo, uh, who already owns, they have Calgary Expo, they have Edmonton Expo, Expo uh, Regina Expo, 
no, it might be those might be different ones. They might be both called expos, but they might be different. Uh, let me look it up. I'm gonna look that but, up right now. Yeah, but it's just around. It's like the same thing though. And then the other ones, the other con that used to be here started up as a call as a high school project, yeah. which then eventually got shut down as people as the internal for because of internal issues, and moved on from there. Ah, uh, here we go. The one in Regina is the Fan Expo, which is the same one that's in Toronto, Vancouver, Dallas, uh, Orlando, and Tampa, and Boston. That's by that group. So that's like the thing. The one in Regina is bought out by a bigger company that does a whole bunch everywhere. And then, so that's the Fan Expo in Regina, and then the Calgary Expo was the one that bought the one in Saskatoon which is the Calgary Expo, the Edmonton Expo, and the Saskatoon Expo. And they all have the same logo and everything. They just color code it for wherever. So Calgary is red, Edmonton's blue, and we're uh, green. Yeah. But, yeah, and then there's a new one that just started last year, which is like an anime. And it's in the uh, TCU place, so it's super small. That's like a hallway of a hotel room, basically. But it's called Genbatacon, and it's an anime convention. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where was I going with this? I was going you somewhere. You just right. have to wait and see, and how that baby con will grow. Yeah, it might be bought. Exactly it might it. fail. It might grow into its own thing. You know, you, there's three yeah. options. You never know. Never know. Because that one's that one's not treated like an expo. That one's treated like a convention, which is different. Mm-hmm. Expos and conventions are different. Mm-hmm. But we only have expo spaces. We have flat land. We don't really have convention spaces. I mean, I I, I hate to bring this one up, but I do believe mm. I, I do understand where a lot of people's concern is on this. I mean, all you got to do is check out and you know, I'm sure they're screening some of this stuff. So this was just me looking earlier today. Uh, but on Crunchyroll's uh, actual, uh, well, the Crunchyroll Expo Facebook page, their uh, official Twitter, all their social media forms, it's interesting because anytime something gets posted, you always go and see some sort of a negative comment about it going and strangling smaller groups and all that. And I, I do understand what the concern is, especially for the California convention scene, because yes, there is it's extremely hard to get something off the ground. Because there is so much competition in those areas. I feel like it's a little bit easier, even though I am in a populous area in the Seattle market or you know what's going on in Portland. The reality is there's not as much of a media presence in those areas. So I think in a lot of respects, it probably is easier for smaller groups to start things up. But Well, wait, wait. Where is the convention for uh, uh, Santa Clara, California? Oh. See, that's just, just yeah. I I just have to say it's like that's what happens. You get areas that are good for conventions, and then it gets saturated and bloated, and then you then you have to start at a higher level. It's like what can I really do? I can relate it to World of Warcraft or something, where you can either start at a low level, uh, and then when the game was new, that's everyone everyone did that. But now that the game's been out forever, if you start at a low level in World of Warcraft, it really doesn't help you with anything. So that's why you can now buy the already 
what to level forty or level fifty characters. By by by, you can uh, oh, buy if, tokens like, to if you bought, back you up to level one hundred. The expansion, you can get up to level ninety for free. Hundred, yeah. In you're wow, already, and hundred now, yeah. You already start with a like a with good gear and a higher yeah. level, but then that's to compete in but, the yeah. new stuff that's coming out. Because the area is yeah, so much but more. You can, you can start saturated. immediately into the expansion. You don't need to do the yeah. basic thing. And wow that's the thing anymore. is if you come up to Saskatchewan, guess what? You're going to start at low levels because there is no expansion. But you go down to California where they've been doing this for a long time. There's seven. You're going to have a bunch of expansions that you are going to get destroyed yep. if you try and start at low level in. So you have to get a pre built, already buffed character. And that's mm-hmm. what that is, is like now. You have to compete with us. You already have to have a leg up because everyone already has a leg up. And then that's that's now the status quo is that leg up. There is no below that. And mm-hmm. But that's because people want conventions. It's something people want. So they grow, they blossom, and then the ones that stick, now that's the status quo, and you have to already start there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of life. That's how it works. That's why yep. people... That's also kind of shitty because I can relate that to like class... Uh, uh, class levels for uh, social income. If you start already with a mid to high level and you already have the bonuses, then you should uh, theoretically exceed better by going to better schools and getting better uh, care and support and then getting already a fancier career where if you start in like an inner city, you have to work harder to get through that shitty education and then getting support for it. And It's, it's tough. You got to work harder, but that's the world we live in. It's un- unfair, I guess. Man, that's a bummer. Why do you have to bum us out? Come on, Rob. Jeez. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just talking about the stuff that people are asking for. That's that's all I really care about. But I, I feel like all of us are at least for the most part in consensus that the fears over this convention are not unfounded, but let's be honest here. This is not the end of non-for-profit anime conventions. Conventions will still be able to go and start up all over the place. Oh, totally. Anime, anime is anime is mainstream now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's anime part of the disconnect. Yeah. That, that's the whole it. fact that Crunchyroll is big as it is is the proof of it. So exactly, it's like when you don't anybody have that talks. Rabbit. Yeah, everybody has heard the name Crunchyroll before. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, the, the rapidness of the anime fans isn't there anymore. We're not the subculture at this point. Now it's just a generally accepted form of media. And that's awesome, quite honestly. But I feel like a lot of the anime community, especially the older section of it, um, the Robs of the world, as I refer to them. Yeah, I was going to comment on this. That's, that's exactly you right there. You're the yeah. old guy. Exactly, yeah, no, right that's... There. It's the truth. Let's be honest here. It's just the truth. Yeah. You're, you're like your, your, your bricky, uh, old drawing 80s anime. Hey, man, just... I'll go and... <laughs> you go and raise me any modern anime, and I will go and raise you Slayers, okay? That's... Uh, I'll stand by. Uh, you, you kids and your new computer animated animes. Your... Oh, what are we talking about? What are you... What are you... What are you, what are you what? That that is literally only berserk, okay? 
And that's oh, an old every, anime. Everything is done on computers now. I know oh, that's no, like computer CG. Or I know that's oh. computer generated imagery that we're going and looking at there, but everything's drawn on computers now. There's, there's no such thing as hand drawn animation. We still have to talk about Berserk. Uh, we, we, we do need to talk about Berserk. We need, we need to get the round table together. We need to do a supplemental on this. Yeah. 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 But we, uh, we yeah, have been putting, no, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. I, I know. I know. I just. Uh, season two is almost over. We, we we'll just wait until that's done, and then we'll, oh um, shit, yeah, okay, yeah, and and then and then I can release my full fury about this. Yeah, I got Doctor Nathan. I gotta, I gotta. He he's got things to say because he he liked the first one, and oh, he will he will oh. say some stuff. About it. Okay, oh, well, I know I'm gonna get along really well. I can tell, but yes, going yeah. back to subject here. That's yeah, a teaser. I, that's a teaser for them. Oh, oh that's that, that's a good teaser. That's a really good teaser. That's. That's like a stinger right there. It's just like, ooh, I need that now. Ah. Just the yeah. <laughs> okay, so going back to that. You had some things you're trying to say. All right, sorry. Yes, yes. I, I had to mute myself for a second there. I just had a really inappropriate laugh there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am the worst. Uh, the old times. man of anime. Yes, that's what we were talking about. I, yeah. I am an old man of anime. And I am somebody who always wanted anime to be a more widely accepted thing. I was one of the people that when I saw the older Studio Ghibli stuff and didn't know what anime was, I mean, I remember I couldn't have been more than six or seven. And this is going to be something nobody would believe today. But you were six that, or seven years old. I know. I know. It's, <laughs> it was like 50 years ago, but it, it happened. I, I was I was a children. Uh, but back when I was a children, I, I watched a lot of Disney Channel growing up, like many no, kids really? did. I, I know, I know. You wouldn't have guessed that on me either. Tyler, they, did, I think Tyler's, I'm pretty sure Tyler has seen my parents' um, video closet from back in the day. Do you remember that, Tyler? Uh, yeah, because we had, uh, I had just as much as you did. I think I couldn't remember if how if yours was like that, but my my mother always used to be the one because we had this huge wall of Disney shows. It was ridiculous. But going back to what Disney Channel used to be like, because now it has a whole bunch of originally produced content, and for better or worse, that's the way they do it now. Back in the early '90s, though, and this actually goes back to the late '80s as well when it first started. But in the early '90s, they would go and show properties from other companies. And one of the things that they did is they would actually show, and it varied depending on time of day what they would show, but some of the older Studio Ghibli films found their way on there. That's why I originally saw My Neighbor Totoro and Kiki's Delivery Service, some of my favorites from that library. It's also where I saw Castle in the Sky, which I still don't know how that ended up on Disney Channel because I don't remember anything in there being censored watching it back now. Uh, Yeah. Disney Channel used to be a lot more restrictive with the stuff they would go and do. There wasn't no Gravity Falls back then, people. Uh, But I love that stuff. And I remember even as a young child thinking this is so different from anything else that I had seen. And I love all the old Disney movies. I love some of the stuff that they would go and show on there. But those ones always stood out to me. And growing up, I always saw how different they were. And then they just stopped showing that stuff on Disney Channel. And they started doing more originally produced stuff. And then I stopped watching Disney Channel for a long time. Then um, I got mono and 
ended up going and getting caught in the Phineas and Ferb marathon when I was in my twenties <laughs> and suddenly found myself watching it again. Uh, still don't know how that happened, uh, but <laughs> it happened. Now I got Phineas and Ferb songs stuck perpetually in my head until the end of time. But I digress. I really had how no idea. How many days I... are in summer? <laughs> it's 104 <laughs> days in summer vacation. The school comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for our generation is finding a good way to spend it. Thank, thank like you. maybe. No. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but okay, yeah, okay. anime was something different than. No, it, it was something very different than what it is today and you know what it's you know been slowly evolving into. But I remember watching those and thinking how cool they were and how different they were. And I can't say this is really where it started, but I do consider it to be an early influence why I'm so into the art of animation was because mm -hmm. I saw the contrast between the Walt Disney uh, more classic style of animation, the... Uh, Turner and Warner Brothers, more the uh, animations. Well, the, the the East Coast animation styles yeah. and all that, and then going and seeing films, especially Kiki's Delivery Service. I don't know why that one stands out so much. I think because I remember it being replayed more. Maybe I just got more into it. But I think, yeah, I I just loved how different that art style was because it was the first time that I saw animated characters that I viewed as being more than just cartoons. They felt organic. They felt like real people. And of course, being six or seven years old, I could not communicate that point anywhere near yeah. the level I could now. But I think even as a kid, you still process these things. And it's just yep. how you're going and relating them to real life. And that's, that's where the difference is. But I just remember watching that stuff back and thinking on how cool this was. And then they just stopped showing up on Disney. And I really didn't know what that was like I knew what the names of the movies were but the internet really wasn't a thing back then like it existed but it was the place that only nerds went because nobody else could understand what the hell it is it's like oh it's yeah. a place where you can go and contact other people and share information I don't understand this like is it like the mail service I the, people were very confused the, about the internet going papers in. but on your computer yes yeah, exactly. It was it was such a and it weird very thing. much was newspapers on your computer back then. Oh yeah, um, yeah. No, it's, bandwidth was a very <laughs> limited commodity. Things like pictures, things like YouTube. What? Let's see. I, yeah. I still consider but that to stuff to be black magic at this point. I remember back in the day, internet. Uh, reading a web comic, it must have been Penny Arcade, and load or Mega. No, it's Mega Tokyo at the time. Um, Loading a page and then sitting down in front of the TV waiting for the computer to load the page. <laughs> yeah. So and back like coming back five minutes later and it hasn't loaded yet. Exactly. You didn't have this free source of information that you have now with yeah. the internet. So for me, I didn't know and back then, I don't know if there was a term. Yeah, I didn't know there was a term for it back then. I don't know when anime started becoming just this generally accepted term. I remember back when I was a kid, we it things like Speed Racer were referred to as Japanimation, and it was almost more of an yeah, insult in some respects. Japanimation, that's right. That's what we used to call it. Yeah, exactly. Oh I don't know when. I don't know when anime became the accepted term. I'm very happy it was. By because... the time I was in high school. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just like it's. It was Japanimation, and that was too long, so it was Japanime. 
and it just became anime. I think that happened. I, I think it probably yeah. was something like that. And I think part of it also was getting away from the stigma because Japanimation, it was kind of an insult in a lot of respects. Because even though mm -hmm. the artistic style could be different, a lot of the Japanese animations, particularly the television animations, because they've always been much better on the film side of things. Uh, mm -hmm. But the television animation, they've always had their own standard. And we've even talked about this here on how the average American animation will have somewhere between 12 to 17 frames uh, in the course of their development. And then when you look at the Japanese animation, you're generally looking between seven to nine frames. So you're looking at something that's at least a third slower in its frame rate compared to what a Western animation would be. And that mm -hmm. always made for a very choppy appearance. It's in addition to bad dubbing, which, you know, Speed Racer was known for with the ha 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 ha. There's a certain choppiness that came along with that. And even today, that still exists in Japanese animation. It's the reason on why a lot of times you'll have, or it's the reason why the shows are so dialogue driven for the most part. It's because action sequences are so expensive because of the way that the industry has been built in limited animation yeah. frames. But now they've learned ways to go and utilize that and make that work. Whereas before they were trying to emulate motions like what you had out of Warner Brothers with all of the uh, Looney Tunes characters and just that quick spastic animation, the Japanese have never been good at that. That's the reason why Speed Racer is both loved and bemoaned by so many people uh, because it was trying to go and incorporate fast motion into this extremely limited style of animation. Then things changed, and I do credit not entirely but largely the success of the Studio Ghibli films, even though they didn't go and get International Academy rec her recognition until the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. that is such a different animation company because they animate the way that we do here in the West. It's not about those limited number of frames. They're animating the same way that Walt Disney Studios was doing it, the way that Warner Brothers Pictures was doing it, uh, the way that you know, Turner Animation Studio back when that used to be a thing. They're animating in that way. And they started growing and becoming a big thing during the dark ages of animation here in the West, which was the mid to late 80s. Because, mm -hmm. God, there was no good animation coming out at that time. So when I found out what uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, what My Neighbor Totoro really were, you know, this Japanese animation that I'd watched as a kid, I became very curious about more stuff that was done that way. And that's how I found out, oh, well, the, uh, and this is almost embarrassing to go and say, but now people are like, what? what? why was that a big deal? In the early 90s, you had Deke Animation uh, license and dub the Sailor Moon cartoon, or the Sailor Moon anime. I still call it a cartoon because it's like, that's what we knew it as back then. We didn't know it was a Japanese thing. But not realizing that came from Japan, not realizing that uh, Pokemon, when it was first starting to go on air, was a yeah, Japanese that's, animation. It's that's, <laughs> that's what I wanted to bring up is like, I remember watching uh, like, yeah, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and not realizing that the, those were just cartoons. Zoids. Zoids was mine. The one that yeah. I watched or even realizing fine, it was anime. Yeah. Uh, like, like Power Rangers, which is also Japanese, but yeah. not in the anime sense, but it was still that. Like, um, yeah. All these things that I like, I go back and think about, I'm like, oh, that was all. I was always watching like Japanese cartoons and they were just dubbed to ear and we just didn't know about it. But like, I'm thinking Jan, uh, Japanimation was like when that was people starting to figure out, oh, that's all Japanese animation from Japan uh, to try, 
differentiate. And then around probably the late 90s, early 2000s, that's when you start seeing the switch from Japanimation to anime. It was Toonami. Toonami changed the world because it gave oh, maybe it was to yeah. this stuff. You know, that, like, that was such a big deal. Yeah. Uh, Toonami and then what was the other one I used to watch? Because I used to always watch Bleach. And that was when I started uh, getting to it. And that was like on Spike or something. That that one's kind of an interesting one because mm-hmm. that, that was broadcast on a lot of Turner broadcast stations because um, the license was given to uh, Turner Broadcasting who you know owns a whole bunch of different companies um, and they're actually largely owned by Warner Brothers now as well. They're the guys who own Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Will, or, well, I should say William Street Entertainment, which is Adult Swim, because weirdly enough, Adult Swim and Cartoon Network are not directly affiliated. It's a weird thing. They're actually sister companies, so they don't have a direct line of communication. Everything is done as a contract over there. Like Samurai Jack was a huge deal with it coming over to Adult Swim because uh, they bought the rights basically from Cartoon Network, and you know it was probably done... Uh, at a very low cost, but you know they still had to do an investor's model for the resale of that whole thing. We'll never probably know exactly how that worked, but yeah, Toonami changed it because they gave an identity to this stuff. And the shows, I remember when, uh, I'm trying to remember on who the actual company was that was doing the dub at that point, but when they picked up uh, Sailor Moon and were redubbing it in not a true uncut, but a closer to uncut form uh, that they were broadcasting on there. And then they licensed seasons three, four, and five, although season five never came to the U.S. for, I think, obvious reasons based on the time and culture. Uh, that was such a big deal because it's like, oh my God, this this was Japanese? I remember watching this when I was, you know, a little kid. Because, you know, now I'm a teen and it's just like, oh, my God, that was ages ago. Now I'm like, oh, my God, high school, that was ages ago. <laughs> uh, but that was something that got me and a lot of other people really excited because it's like, oh, my God, now this has an identity. I want to share this stuff with people. This is awesome. So that's always been one of my things with the anime culture and with the anime conventions is I wanted to share that with people. I wanted it to become a bigger thing. I wanted it to be an accepted form of animation because that's what I'm passionate about. That's why I'm always talking about this stuff. And even though I do rip on it a little bit because the anime industry is admittedly um, kind of run out of ideas, I think in a lot of respects, there's very few new ones that ever show up. Yeah, has run out of ideas. I, 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 I kind I of mean, agree Western with that. TV. Yeah. Oh, oh, I would yeah. definitely agree yeah. with, yeah, especially broadcast television. I mean, it's it's run out yeah. of ideas. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, how, how many? Yeah, that, that's just it. Police procedurals. <laughs> uh, the police procedurals are the Western equivalent to all of the uh, Fate Stay Night properties that just keep popping up. It's like, oh, we're rebooting this again. Yeah. No, Fate Stay yeah. Night. That's uh, that guy. Just if anyone, that guy gives anyone free reign with his property. It's just like. Uh, Law and any... Order being the the Gundam series of <laughs> yeah, yep, that's another one. I love <laughs> me some Gundam, but the reality is, yeah, I mean they they ran out of ideas a long time ago. The the last one that I think was really a unique and whole a wholly suited idea that was in the vein of that was Double O, and there've been like six series since then. It's like it hasn't even been ten years, guys. Come on, <laughs> give it a break. Let people breathe. Come up with a good idea, then release it. 
Although I'm hearing good things about Iron Blood Orphans, I just I, I can't I can't bring myself to do it. I just I've seen too many. It's uh-huh. all the same. It's all the goddamn same thing. They they get in the giant robot. They fight either aliens or other giant robots. Ta-da. Yeah, pretty That's much. Yeah, no. And they the, the used to be with the original that there was at least some sociopolitical stuff that, you know, was mm-hmm. largely, it, it was largely a response to arguments internally in Japan uh, as to the position of, should they have a standing military? Is the idea of one global government a good idea? Like Japan has been through a lot of weird stuff and Gundam started yeah. off as being a commentary on a lot of those ideas and the eventualities of war that would ultimately come regardless of what Japan ultimately ended up doing. So that one at least came from a good place, but now it's just giant robots fighting each other all the time. Let's see on how we can go and make a bigger CGI clusterfuck of explosions and animation. I really sound like I'm burning on anime here. No, I love anime, and I think it's great that it's become mainstream, but I think there's a lot of people like me and in the generation that's just behind me, the, you know, the, the millennial menace, uh, I'll refer to them. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not going to give them a break. Uh, even though most of our listeners are millennials. Hi, I still like you people. Mo- mo- just... Most of the, the hosts of this podcast are millennials. Yes, no, exactly. No. We, we, we consider I really don't want good titles. Yeah, I know. We consider yeah, ourselves no, the Oregon Trail generation. Uh, thank you very thank much. You. We're yeah. the lost generation in between. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I, by most accounts, we're old millennial. Not you, Rob. You're too old to be an old millennial. But at the same time, yeah, the lost generation in between. Yeah, no, that, that <laughs> standing by Oregon Trail generation, it is a documented thing. It has not been widely accepted. I am making it an accepted thing. That that lumps us all together. That's never mind. I disagree with the ideas of generations being blocked together and. I, I would. Like, yeah. I, I'm with you on that side of things, but I mean that's a discussion for another podcast altogether. Uh, anyway, millennial yeah. listeners, we love you because clearly you guys are trying to enrich yourselves. You're listening exactly, yeah. and <laughs> but it's more than just that. They're intri- they're trying to enrich themselves. They're trying to listen to another yeah. point of view, which is what you really should do. Part of my problem with millennials is that it seems to just be an it, it seems to just be a hive mind, and individual thought doesn't seem to exist anymore. So you know, if you find yourself falling into that kind of uh, field, there, guys, you know. Take a step back and just try to form your own opinions. Go and do some research, you know. A question with boldness, as we talked about a little while ago. But mm-hmm. going back to the point that I'm trying to make here, because I'm I'm just rambling, and I'm sorry, guys. Like It's been <laughs> a long week, like I said before earlier in the podcast. I'm sorry. I'm going to wrap it up right now. There's a lot of people in that older millennial group and going into, you know, what I consider to be the Oregon Trail generation and, you know, even a little bit beyond that, that's always been enthusiastic about this, that I think, I think a lot of us started in a good place where we wanted anime to become a bigger thing. We wanted it to be more widely accepted, but whereas I came from the perspective of wanting it to be an accepted form of animation and for Western animators to learn from it, which I'm glad to say, I believe they really have. I mean, as awkward as the mid two thousands were, we're now finally starting to get some really good animations again. And a lot of them aren't in traditional media either. Just something like Ruby, which did start off a little bit awkward, is now one of the things I look forward to most. When a new season comes out, that's freaking awesome. Um, but there's a lot of people, I think, that 
I think the, I still want to give people a benefit of the doubt here. I do think that there are some people that just never wanted it to be big, that they wanted it to stay a subculture because they felt a better sense of community and all that stuff, or maybe they just wanted it to be their own little secret. Oh, uh, yes, that can, yeah, I, I totally understand where you're going with that. There, there's definitely that type of person, but I also think that there's a lot of people that wanted it to get bigger, but never considered what that would mean because, yeah, I'm weeb trash. I will admit that. Uh, and I'm okay with that. But Fucking lot- nerd. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about Toradora, Tyler? Um, oh, my God. Oh, it all happens in the last episode. Oh, my God. That kiss scene, though. Oh, God. Oh, he, uh, oh. So, just, just, just mute, mute yourself, Tyler. Mute yourself. Oh, you just proved my point there. Here. So, <laughs> we're, dirty we're, bastard. I'm sorry. You had to help me prove a point there. Here. Tyler and I love anime for a lot of reasons. We love sharing it. There's a lot of people I think that did want it to be their own dirty little secret. And I think there's a lot of people that never considered what anime would become when it became mainstream. Yeah. Cause I know there's a lot of people that are still upset to go and see anime stuff at hot topic. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry guys, you know, it, it went from being a subculture and something that, quite honestly, we had to do a lot of illegal things to get a hold of in a reasonable amount of time if it came here at all. Yep. To oh, that's now. what I wanted to talk about. That's back <laughs> in the old night in like the 1990s, early 2000s, in the internet days, back when like trying to get things, I had to torrent them. You had to torrent stuff. That's that's what you did. You could maybe for the love of God, find it on some Russian website somewhere and then you could torrent it and hopefully you wouldn't be getting some cra- kind of crazy disease on your computer. I possessed illegal VHSs of anime. Oh, there you go. So yeah, like trying to get yeah. anime back then was really, really hard. And I remember, God, well, I downloaded something and it wasn't what it was. And I watched it and I was like, man, this is really good. And I had no idea what the name of the movie was or what, whatever it was, but it wasn't what I downloaded. Turns out it was Akira. I was like, holy shit, that's Akira. And then later through progression of knowledge, I find out like, yeah, that's Akira. That's like one, a really good anime movie that I just happened to watch accidentally yeah. because I downloaded it and it wasn't what I thought it was, but it was still kind of yeah. good and continue and like, watching it. I, I've downloaded stuff that was in, that was still... Japanese dub, but it was subbed in German because, like, and it wasn't even marked that it was subbed in German. But good thing I that could at least read German <laughs> and get the idea of what was going on on the screen. Oh, okay. there's the other the yeah. other thing the is like difficulties of of getting anime. Uh, like late night television is occasionally yeah. they'd throw anime movies on there, and I don't remember which channel it was, but it was like late night, and. It was uh, it was Cowboy Bebop the movie, which is also really good, and you should go watch. I really like that one. So I watched the Cowboy Bebop movie long before I even knew what Cowboy Bebop was, and yeah, it's just like it'd be on late night, like one in the morning, on a random uh, channel that normally had really weird stuff on it uh, to begin with that I never watched, but just happened to be on. And so I like I watch it. And I'm like, oh man, this is really fucking good. I, I like this stuff. This is anime. This is this is cool things. I could get behind this. Mm-hmm. But I think part of the re- like the reason anime got a 
bad reputation of the hentai is because it was on late night. And we've we finally overcome that, but the older generation uh, still yes. sometimes thinks of anime as or hentai as all of anime. The classic things like Bible Black. <laughs> or fuck, what was that other TV show that was always on late at night that was it wasn't an anime, it was like a Spanish soap opera, but it was like softcore porn. Oh my god, what was it called? I don't remember. Are we talking like actual Spanish soap live opera action. or it was like a live action soap opera that was Spanish or something and it was had softcore porn in it. Softcore in that it never showed any dick, but there was like titties and people humping all the time, but you never saw insertion. <laughs> oh man, how do you not know what this is? Come on. So play, uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was essentially Playboy porn. It wasn't Playboy porn. It was different. Well, it was, er, it was uh, early Playboy porn. Passion, passion, something. Yeah. Shit. How is no one getting this? Come on. You, you I know exactly what you're talking about. I know do exactly you, what do, you're talking about. Do, but, I, but you don't remember the name. No, I don't. Tis, tis. I'm gonna go look the that up. The same thing BRB. happened on the French okay. Channel. <laughs> yeah, this this might be a Canadian thing that happened. Just <laughs> it's got to be a Canadian thing. It's the only thing it could be. Yeah. Right now, yeah. there's some listener out there going and screaming well, into their iPhone and going or telling us what it is, and we're not listening because no, it's got to be a Canadian thing. I refuse to believe it's anything but a Canadian thing. Yeah. Well, because I didn't have cable until I was 13, so. Hi. Yeah, so what else are we talking oh, about? Latin lover. Latin lover. Never Come heard on. of it. No? Shit, really? No. Nope. Oh my god, that show was always on late at night. I remember because we do talk about it, we're like, oh shit, did you watch that? And we're like, yeah, yeah, I did. Because we're fucking, we're in elementary, so we're like still about 12, so we're getting into that really, starting to hit puberty, so things are changing. And I remember one story my, my buddy told me, he, like, he lived in an apartment, they're just walking down the apartment, and one guy just happened to have his door open, and he had it on, and he stops and starts watching it, and the guy looks over and is like, Oh, you want to come in and watch it? And so I fucking walked in there and just started watching Latin Lover with this random guy in an apartment building. Because I guess that's what you do when you're like 10 years old. You you have no, <laughs> you have no, you don't, it, it's a watch simpler world. Watch softcore porn with strangers. Yeah, it was a simpler time. A it was simpler a simpler time. time. <laughs> yeah, you, you didn't have things like anime. We actually, we didn't have phones. We, we rode our bikes around. We didn't really have much TV. You had your Pokemon. Stayed out. In the street until the sun or until the street lights came on. We trusted oh, yeah. our neighbors. We didn't go and lock our yeah. apartment doors. We just went and left them open so everybody yeah. could go and see us. I, I, I grew up in the country. Locking your locking your doors was a sign of being crazy. Yeah, you got small towns <laughs> where you have people just leave the yeah. keys in their car all the time. Yep, cars open or no, the houses uh, open. Shit, and, that's yeah. that's a thing where I go to a small town and I just walk around there and the like the kids just bike up to like the corner store and then leave their bikes. I'm like, God, that would be stolen so quick. Or I see a guy just drive up to a, a stop, get out of his car, his car's still running, goes, does groceries. And I'm like, man, I could steal that car. No problem. No problem. No one even knows. <laughs> just, oh, you think about how easy it is to steal things in small towns. I guess that's the thing of saying, man, you grew up in a, a city. It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Latin lovers. Let's go watch Latin lovers, guys. Come on. <laughs> uh, hold on a second here. Um, like, uh... <laughs> next time. Next time, Tyler. 
Oh, that'd be a fun podcast there. Just go and stream <laughs> that and just comment. Or not, it'll it'll it, be like our, our, our rating. It'll, well, yeah, we'll, we'll learn the explicit tag right there. <laughs> it, it'll it be like our version of Talkin' Stockins, the great Funhouse uh, oh, podcast. <laughs> Did you see that Funhouse now has jerseys? I want one. Same oh, here. Oh, my God. Okay. Don't mock us. We know what we are. We're proud of it. I'm not mocking. I'm just disappointed. Okay. Um, Because we enjoy our sports, and by sports, I mean watching other people play video games. See, I like watching other people do extreme obstacle courses, so I'm with you there. So, uh, have we covered all we wanted to talk about tonight? Back to anime. Wait, did we talk about Steam sales? All the Steam sales? No, oh, we should yeah, talk about Steam sales, yeah. Uh, so I bought uh, Super Hot VR. I bought. Split I was hoping Second. that you picked that up. I bought uh, Keep Talking, Nobody Explode. I bought some VR games because, like, hey, it's they're on sale. Get them. So mm-hmm. I bought uh, Golf with Your Friends. I bought. Oh, cool! Okay. We can play together now. Yay! Yeah, we can play that. Golf with your friends. I was thinking yeah. about because, uh, like, yeah, I like getting. I always have my wish list, and then if it gets under five dollars, then it's an automatic buy for me. I will just. I got very confused the other day because I was looking at my. Uh, I, I woke up and all of a sudden I was like, "You have six things on your wish list that are for sale." I'm like, "What the fuck? This has never happened before." And then I realized, oh, that's what happened. Okay, I forgot the Steam sale started. Yeah, yeah, and then they have their their yearly whatever their thing is this year. It's stickers. So you unlock a sticker book. Yeah. And they're they're really good at doing the thing where they make something in their platform and then the way to unlock the things is by actually like teaching you how to navigate their platform. So it's like you can they're they're like this happened uh last winter where they're like you get cards from going through the discovery queue because they're trying to make you use the discovery queue find games you didn't know existed that you might enjoy and then you'll buy them and add them to your wish list and then that gets mm-hmm. you cards so they're making you use all their features all their extra features because now they also have um getting stickers you had a, like this year this week this day's uh quests where get some curators go look at your oh that was last week go look at your friends activities uh go through your discovery queue uh alter your discovery, uh, make preferences to make it better for you. So they're really trying to make you give them information and go through all their stuff that they've created just for these stickers that they've also created. So they're making, they're doing an interestingly good job at make, making people use and learn their platform and new things they're adding to a platform through virtual things. I don't know it's it's like a weird because ecosystem. Facebook has taught us we like stickers. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they're exploiting us. Actually, I yeah. I think they're exploiting us. God damn it, they're exploiting. Yes, yeah, think you're just realizing this now. Really, <laughs> I don't know. I was happy. Finding they're, they're good at it. and game theory. Yes, just means they're good at it. They're just good at it, which is the scary part. So, also, yeah. when are when are we ever going to get around to playing Ark Survival Evolved together? Oh yeah! I feel like we need to make a tribe, and we need to go and die. I, 
still don't own that game. Why yeah, do you not own it right now? It's 51% off. How much is that though still? Uh, 14.69. Uh, it's still a little high. Like I said, once it hits under yeah. five bucks, then it's but it now has, or But it now has VR Unless support. Unless you're buying it for me. Yeah. It has VR support? No, it doesn't have VR support. It does. I'm looking at it right here. VR support? Are you sure? Because isn't there a different one, which is like the ARC VR thing? Because I thought they have like, they have like uh, an experience and it's a different game and that's the VR one. Because like Super Hot's like that too, where the Super Hot, there's Super Hot game, but then there's the Super Hot VR game and they're two different games. Are you looking it up right now? Because I'm not. Because I thought there's like the ARC experience that's in VR and then there's just regular arc is there anything else that we want to talk about real quick well you got somewhere important to be no i just figured that we could talk most about this about aftercast but okay people don't want to talk about steam sales okay you you just want to go play your final fantasy i can't because james is recording ah ha 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 I can I can never play Friday after Friday evenings. That's perfectly fine. So everyone's gonna play golf with your friends. We also have to all play Viscera Cleanup as well. Yeah, mm. we do. And I looked at Worms as well. I was like, mm, Worms is on cheap right now as well. Rob just disappears. Rob's still on mute. Rob, what happened to you? Talk. Yes, me. I'm sorry. I, I forgot that I was on uh, push to talk now because I'm doing things in the background. Ha <laughs> ha, shame on me. No, I was going to say, yeah, we uh, <laughs> we got we got we got shit to play here. We got we got Ark now with VR apparently. I uh, got to go and do Dead by Daylight. Got to go and do. We got to do all the shit. We got to do all the shit mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Dead by Daylight. We all have that too. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yes. Yeah, goddamn. Okay, well, fuck. There we go. Yeah, yeah. No, we gotta gotta do more of this. Gotta gotta do gotta do the games. The people demand the games, and by the people, I mean the people in this recording studio. Literally mm-hmm. just us. No one. Else. Literally just us. Nobody else is demanding this. Yeah. But if you guys would like to see it, we will get this out here. We will yeah, find people, out ways of doing this. We'll people that listen it. to this podcast. Talk to us. Tell us what you want. Yes, yes. Tell me. Help us, help you, help us, help you. We just want to know. Hit us up, soccerarrangerspodcast at gmail.com. If you're sending it to soccerarrangers at gmail.com, I swear to God, we cannot go and survive any more angry mail from the angry Latin lady. Hey, Tyler. (laughs) You do realize he was doing the outro, Cole. Oh, right. Sorry. No, I, I really wasn't. I, I, I honestly was. Why would you do it in the outro? That was a perfect end to the outro right there. That was giving because, us their because, contact information. Because unfortunately, we have one other thing that we all hate that needs to have happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah I like how now he remembers. Like, geez. Oh, like, we don't yeah. have to do it if nobody actually cares. Like, I can, I can just leave this and delete these links. Like, you sound no, really no, like. Do that th- how you sound sad, it. so do the thing. You're yeah, sounding okay. real passive Do the thing. Do the thing. We'll talk about no, what I was, you I was do trying to sound. Later. I was trying to sound sad, but it didn't work. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, no, that did not sound sad at all. That just sounded passive-aggressive. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to sound sad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, boy, geez, if you're going to do that, I'm just going to go and start playing uh, Kerbal Space Program again. 
Yeah, it's sorry. Right. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait, no, no, thing. no. I'm not. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. I just got uh, uh, BeamNG.Drive. Oh, my God. Soft body physics. It's it's just physics porn. The game is nothing but physics porn. I Ooh. thought I was going to regret paying $16 for a game. I have not regretted this at all. It is the best. What's it Alrighty, called? I'm ready to get... Uh, BeamNG.Drive. Okay, then. And we can talk about, more about that after Cole's thing. Do the thing. All right, this will go by really fast. Um, these are the conventions for this coming up weekend. Um, or past weekend. Depending on when you're listening. Hello, future people. Um, let's see. We have Anna Maritime in Fredericton, New Brunswick. We have Anime Punch Field Con in Morgan County, Ohio. London Anime and Gaming Con in London, in London UK. Otafest in Calgary, Alberta. Sasum uh, Con in Kansas City, Missouri. And Anime Expo in LA. If you are attending any of these conventions, make sure you have fun, be safe, and as always, follow the 11 Rules of Con. Hey, look, I'm done. Yay. You gonna do the outro since you started this thing up? I'm gonna go watch Latin Lovers. Goodbye. (laughs) 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 Anyway, thank you everyone for coming and joining us for this episode of Zeo. We're greatly appreciated every single time you come and join us. And if you want to hear more of us, you can, of course, check out our SoundCloud. We have all of our episodes over there. Um, we're having issues with our iTunes. Um, I'm working on it. Um, if you can always contact us get, um, with any questions, any criticisms on our Twitter at Soccer Rangers, our email at Soccer Rangers Podcast at gmail.com, and of course, our Facebook page, Soccer Rangers Podcast, where Tyler could deal with all of those issues. Um, of course, we're having an awesome time in here. We always love getting together to chat and we hope to continue with this on until, well, until we're old enough that we can't remember what we started at the beginning of the podcast. Any, anyways, of course, Zio updating every single Monday. Take care, everyone. Bye. I'm going to go watch Latin Lovers. Okay, then. I am not.